Hey, listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. Support for Entrepreneur is brought to you by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Find talent at home or from 180 countries around the world so you can hire the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. And now, on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Have you ever stood in a room full of people who all do one thing? Like, you know, room full of people... They're all doing the same job. And then you tell them, most people are very bad at this job. Because I'll tell you something, I have done it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it a couple times because I get asked to speak at public relations conventions, which is to say conventions of people who are in the business of representing clients to get press and uh, and and get their names out there in the world and uh, I, it is my belief uh, and, and the belief of I would say many to most to possibly all of my colleagues here in the media that uh, many people in PR are very bad at their jobs and so I will say so at these conventions and you know what happens the most fascinating thing happens here it is people nod and they laugh and they agree. Lots of their peers are very bad, very, very bad at their jobs. And this is fascinating. Maybe this happens in other industries. I don't know. I've never done it in another industry. Maybe if you get in front of a, a group of dentists and you say, most dentists are bad at their jobs, people would not. I have. I don't know. I hope not. I hope most dentists are bad at their jobs. But it's definitely the case with PR. And to be very clear, I don't think all people in PR are bad at their jobs. Some are excellent at their jobs. Some are amazing at their jobs. Uh, some, some of them I've hired for work uh, of my own. And some of them I've become great friends with. So there are really good PR people out there. Do not misunderstand me. So uh, not long ago, I was talking with a woman in PR and she asked me what PR people do that, um, that, that like, what are the big mistakes that PR people do? And I started listing them off and she just started laughing and laughing because she knew it and she's seen it before. (laughs) And uh, by the end of it, she said, why have you not made a podcast episode about this or written about this or done something so that people can hear this? And I said, that's a good point. You, you should record the introduction. And so she did. Hi, my name is Eguomaka Egbe. I work in PR, and I have close to 10 years' experience in the industry. And I think every publicist, especially the bad ones, and you know who you are. See what I'm talking about here? See what I'm talking about? Should hear you rant about the mistakes we make. Because some of these mistakes are actually avoidable, such as sending a pitch to the wrong journalist, not personalizing your pitch, constant calls to the reporter's desk, and being blasé about grammatical and punctuation errors in press releases. This is an ongoing problem, and I'm very excited for Jason to pick it up, address it, and offer some solution. 
Now, let me be clear. I am not making this episode just for people in PR. I think that people in PR probably understand what a lot of the problems are. But instead, I'm really making this episode with the entrepreneur in mind. Because a lot of entrepreneurs are interested in getting press. And a lot of them are or have or will consider at some point hiring a publicist to do this. And I am often asked by entrepreneurs if this is a good spend of their money. And my answer is always... Well, it depends, because it depends upon who you hire. And frankly, it depends upon whether or not you and your company and your story are going to be of interest to the kind of press that you want. So anyway, let's get into it. Here's what we're going to do. After the break, I'm going to tell you the four things that publicists do that drive me crazy. Then we're going to take another break. And then after that, I'm going to tell you the four things that publicists do that I think are very, very smart. And I hope that if you're an entrepreneur who has been considering hiring a publicist, this gives you some clarity on what it is that you're looking for. And I suppose if you're a publicist listening to this, maybe it's going to be useful or just cathartic for you too. All coming up after the break. And now our second sponsor. If you're a small business owner who travels, then here is a credit card built for you. Chase Card Services and Hyatt Hotels have partnered together to create the new World of Hyatt Business Credit Card, designed to reward small business owners and Hyatt customers for how they do business. Like any innovative entrepreneur, this card is adaptive, and its rewards are personalized so that card members receive even more points in the categories that they spend the most on. This means that every business expense, from hotel rooms to cell phone bills to shipping fees and more, can be a vehicle for personalized and valuable rewards, which can be used on one-of-a-kind experiences across World of Hyatt's 19 brands and more than 1,000 locations worldwide. The World of Hyatt Business Credit Card is now available and has an annual fee of $199. For more information about the new World of Hyatt Business Credit Card, visit chase.com slash world of Hyatt. Again, chase.com slash world of Hyatt. All right, we're back. So time to get into the four things that publicists do that drive me crazy. And then after that, we'll get into the four things that publicists do that I think are very smart. All right, ready? Here it is. Uh, Number one, they send mass blast emails. Here's the thing. If you're going to hire a publicist, then the number one thing that you need to figure out, like first thing to figure out is, are they an email blaster or are they the kind of person who builds personal relationships and then only reaches out to the people who they know or they make very educated decisions about who to reach out to that, I don't know, whatever, maybe they don't know so well, can't know everybody, that's okay. Or do they just blast an email to everyone and then tell you that they did their work? Because I will tell you what I see in my inbox and it is mostly email blasts, which is to say it is an email that somebody wrote, maybe in press release format or maybe in, you know, whatever regular email format, but whatever it is, they have just sent it out very clearly to dozens, possibly hundreds of journalists. And I just happen to be on that list. And I will tell you, I never read that. I never read it. And the reason I never read it is because it is almost certainly not going to be relevant to me. You know, I have to make a decision about how I spend my time. And look, 
this is not me being like prissy about the time that I have, but this is really just me giving you an insight into the mindset of someone who's receiving a pitch, which is just a fact, right? Like just take it as fact. And the fact of it is that I don't have a lot of time in my day and I get a ton of pitches. And that is true for all of my colleagues at every publication that I've ever worked at. And so as we are looking at our inbox and we're trying to think, uh, how do I get through this, uh, all these emails as fast as possible, identify any ones that are going to be valuable and otherwise get rid of everything so that I can just get back to work. Well, we are going to start making very quick decisions about does this look relevant to me? Does this not look relevant to me? Because if an email is possibly going to be useful and relevant, then I guess I'll open it. But if it's not, I don't want to waste any time with it. So I'm making very fast decisions in anything, anything that smacks of this was a mass blast email, I delete. I just delete because I'm only interested in pitches that are directly to me. So you got to know, are they mass blasting or are they being thoughtful? And you might be wondering, what does a thoughtful email look like? I will address that in the next segment of the episode where I talk about the things that I think publicists do well. But for now, let's move on to point number two of things that drive me crazy. And here it is. It's actually a scenario, but that I think tells you a lot about where there are breakdowns in this process. Okay, here's a kind of email that I get with shocking regularity. It is a pitch and the pitch is not quite right for the publication. And, you know, that that's fine. They're not all going to be a fit. Uh, but this, you know, these, these this one that I get is like particularly not not right just at all. Like it's just, it's not the kind of thing that we would cover or it's not the kind of information that would be relevant to us or whatever, but it's coming from somebody whose name is familiar enough to me. It's like a publicist who I, I, I like, I recognize their name. Maybe we had uh, exchanged emails before or, you, you know, we even worked together in some way. I don't know. And so I respond, right? Instead of, instead of just deleting, which frankly I, I often do because I just don't have time to respond to everybody. But I respond and I say, hey, this isn't a fit. And then the person replies back and they say, I figured, but I had to give it a shot anyway. And that's the thing that I hate. Can't stand that response. I had to, I had to give it a shot anyway. No, you did not have to give it a shot. You didn't have to give it a shot. In fact, it was better if you did, because when somebody tells me that they just, oh, well, I didn't think this would be for you, but I just had to give it a shot. That's basically like, yeah, I, you know, I don't really value your time, but I just, I just thought, yeah, you know, if you could just look at this thing that I don't think is going to be that relevant to you, that'd be really great. Right? Like that's that. What a crazy way to think. That's not a way to think. That's not a. It doesn't tell me that you're respectful of my time. And again, look, you don't. I'm not looking for people to like treat me special or or kowtow to me or anything. But but I'm just, I you know, I, if I were to advise someone on how to build a good relationship with someone who they, in you know, in, in business terms, want to pay attention to, want to, want to develop a, a, and foster a good relationship with, I would say one of the things that you need to broadcast the most is that you are respectful of their time and that you understand their process. The more you can broadcast that, the more that the, the other side uh, wants to work with you. And I think that what's happening in this situation where somebody's like, yeah, I didn't think it was right for you, but I had to send it anyway, is because they are not pushing back on their client. I have a feeling that their client is saying, this is perfect for entrepreneur and you have to pitch it to entrepreneur. And even though the publicist knows that it's not right for entrepreneur, they're going to send it to me anyway, just to make the client happy. And that's not good for anybody. 
right? That's now, now you're in a really bad spot because if a publicist is not being open and honest with their client and setting proper expectations, well, look, the client is just going to be unhappy in the end. That's not good. That's not good client services. And at the same time, by not managing their client's expectations and setting their client up for disappointment, they are also abusing the relationship that they're trying to build with the editors. This is just a really bad situation all around. This is not the way that you should be managing things. So that is number two of the thing that I hate. It's the, I thought so, but I had to try. Okay. Here now is number three. It is an email that generally begins, hi, I represent X expert, right? Maybe it's a maybe it's a professor, or it's a, somebody who who wrote a book about something, or it's some executive somewhere, and they'll say, "If you're ever working on a story about blank, if you're ever working on a story about hiring freezes, or if you're ever working on a story about economic." drought, or if you're at whatever, like we're in a random subject, then this expert is perfect to speak to. I, I find like that is just useless. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how useless that is because the only time that I will ever look for an expert to speak on a subject is when I am working on that story. And, uh, and then, you know, at that point, I don't need to like hold on to some Rolodex of every expert that was ever emailed to me. I, I'll just go f- find somebody. It's not that hard. And uh, and so I, when I get this email, this kind of email, it just makes me think this person doesn't really know how to pitch their client, right? They don't really know what the story is. They don't really know how to find an angle for this person. They are just, just like, a wish and a prayer, right? They're just like tying their client to a kite and floating it up and hoping that somebody sees the client dangling down. It's like, ah, I guess I'll take that client. This is just this is not this is not good management. And so instead, what they do is they send me these emails that are just just impractical, completely impractical, right? Like if I ever got if I get an email for a, an expert about some hyper specific subject, there's literally no way that tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, if I'm working on a story about this, that I'm ever going to think, oh, I got that email. I'm just never going to do this. This is impractical. You got to think better. You got you to package better, right? You got you to be better for your client and for the people that you're reaching out to. And this is why this thing drives me crazy. Okay. And then number four, I so often get emails in which somebody says, I'm a big fan of your work. And hey, look, I like I like fans. I love fans. If real fans, if you listener to this podcast, reach out to me, and uh, you say you're a fan of my work, and and you you know you you add some detail that shows me that you're paying attention to the work, I am honored. I reply. It, the, that line always jumps out to me. But publicists use it a lot, like a lot, a lot. And what they often do is they will say, "I'm a big fan of your work." Especially, and then they'll like list just simply the latest story that you ran. (laughs) Like they, uh, you know, they had done some search or maybe they pulled up my author page on entrepreneur.com and then they just include the headline of the last story. And at that point, it's like, you're not a fan. And look, again, nobody has to be a fan. You don't have to be a fan of me to pitch me. That's completely, Inez is not a a prerequisite to pitching me, is to being a fan. Uh, But if you're going to say something like that because you want to make a kind of personal appeal, it has to be genuine. It is so clear when someone is making a fake personal appeal. And I would say that fake personal appeals are much worse than no personal appeal. Like a well-informed, educated, professional pitch 
which is just like, hey, this is what I got. It's going to be good for you. And I know why. That's fine. That's great. We don't need a personal appeal. We don't need to lie and say that we're fans. We're not all fans of each other. We're not. It's fine. It doesn't matter. What matters is, do you have value? That's all that matters. So let's stick to that. Okay, so those are the four things that I say publicists are doing wrong that drive me crazy. By the way, another thing that's driving me crazy, I don't know if you've heard any of this nonsense in the background, but I just to address it, possibly you hear sirens back now. I don't know. This episode has been quite a thing. I've had to change rooms three times. I had to stop and go pick up my kid early because like part of school is shut down because of Omicron and his after school is shut down. Anyway, whatever, the whole thing. Like uh, this, has been, this has been quite a mess. So you know what? I'm done. I'm done stopping stopping and waiting for the sirens to pass. I'm done. We got to make a show, guys. We got to make a show. We're going to do this. We're going to make a show. Okay. When I come back after the break, it is the four things that I think publicists do very well. Let's get positive. And now our next sponsor. I often say that there has never been a more powerful time to be an entrepreneur, and that is because we have never had as many tools and resources available to handle all the tedium of business so that a founder can just focus on making great things. And when I say that, I am often thinking of Shopify. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like you and me the resources once reserved for big businesses, customized for our needs, and with a great-looking online store that brings our ideas to life. Shopify powers millions of entrepreneurs from first sale to full scale. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience, and then access powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers. That's all lowercase, by the way, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers right now. Shopify.com slash problem solvers. Okay, we are back. So I just told you about four things that publicists do that drive me crazy. I am now going to talk about four things that really good publicists do. Things that it is so clear to me, this is someone who knows how to do their job. And if you are looking to hire a publicist, this is the kind of thing that you should be looking for. Number one, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. They focus on relationships, not on transactions. Last week, I released an episode that was about John Beer, who is a, a, a friend of mine who happens to be in PR. I met him in the course of him doing PR work, but we became actual friends. And on that episode, we didn't really talk that much about PR, but I, I did note that the thing that makes him so good at his job is that he really is a relationship first person. He will build a relationship with you. You won't, you won't get a pitch from him all the time. You may never get a pitch from him. He just understands that the thing that is valued in this business in any business is relationships. And I I just, I can't tell you how impressed I am with people in PR who are really good at just getting to know people who are just genuine people, people. And, and I, I understand that not everybody has that opportunity because, you know, just sending emails all day doesn't always lead to like relationships, it's often you got to meet somebody in person. Uh, and sometimes you you don't have the kind of clients that really lead to in-person meetings and and whatever. I get it, but boy, find some way. I'll tell you what what some publicists do. Some publicists will, though, I have a lot of publicists who like follow me on um, 
Instagram or whatever, or who's subscribed to my newsletter, uh, jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. By the way, that's the newsletter, jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. And some of them will be responsive to things that I write and uh, just, you know, just purely like they're following and they're and they're offering commentary. You know, they're, they're, hey, I loved that thing that you did. It made me think of this or whatever. I love that stuff, right? I love that because I'm, look, I'm putting things out in the world and I don't, I don't care if you're in PR or you're somewhere else. If it's valuable to you, that that's great. I'm, I'm into it. But other people, what they'll do is they'll all write something and they'll either, um, sometimes they'll just like be like, hey, you wrote, I see that you um, mentioned cat toys in that newsletter post. I happen to represent a cat toy brand and blah, 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 blah. And then they'll tell me about it. And it's like, eh. And then, uh, or or sometimes it'll be one step removed where they'll reply to something that I did and they'll be like, that was really smart. Or that was really good. And I'll say, thanks. And they'll say, hey, well, I got you. Can I t- t- take a look at this pitch? Right. And it's like once when it becomes, um, hey, this is just basic basic um, obligatory uh, human connection in the service of me sending you this pitch. That's not good. But when publicists are just genuinely really good at connecting and they foster that connection and you feel like they are interested in you as a person and you become interested in them as a person, that, like, if somebody can do that, that is masterful PR. And you want to find people who are just really, really good at that. And the reason for that, of course, is because I will pay more attention to any pitch that comes from somebody who I feel like I've gotten to know, who who I know isn't just like another transactional person, but is somebody who I feel at least somewhat invested in. Doesn't mean that I'm going to run the story every time. Doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to accept every pitch, but I will at least pay a lot more attention to it. Okay, number 2. Really good publicists deeply understand the brand that they're pitching and media in general. You would be surprised. You would be surprised. The number of people who pitch Entrepreneur who don't seem to have any idea what it is that Entrepreneur publishes or or how we tell stories or why we tell stories or who what kind of audience we're reaching. I, I, I get it all the time. Somebody would say, this, is, this would be perfect for Entrepreneur. And it's not. It's not anywhere near perfect. And what that tells me is that they're just not actually paying attention to the brand. And again, I'm not expecting that somebody like read everything that I wrote simply so that they can pitch me. That's not the point. The point is that if they are not paying attention to the publications that they're pitching, well, then they are very likely to be sending less relevant information, right? It's 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 like, uh, you know, you go out and you try to raise money from investors and you could either pay attention to what the VC firm that you're reaching out to does or not. But I will tell you something that if you are really closely watching what it is that they do and what they're interested in and what their thesis is and what, like why they invest and the kinds of founders that they invest in, you will have such a better shot at it because you'll be able to customize your approach or skip it altogether because you'll know that your, uh, your, your pitch isn't going to be relevant to them. So the ones who deeply understand the brand, and I can see that it is so clear and obvious when somebody understands the brand versus those who don't. It, it, you see it in the pitch. You see it in the way that they approach you. You see it in the references that they make. It's just and, – and, and by the way, that kind of understanding can really help a publicist craft an angle for their client that is going to be relevant to entrepreneur. You know, a story for entrepreneur is different from a story for Inc. or for Business Week or for Fast Company or for Fortune. These are different publications that, yes, they may all cover business in some way, but they're covering them in, in totally different ways. And the one who understands the nuance is the one who's going to be able to pitch and uh, pitch successfully. And the one, the publicist who 
does not appreciate those nuances, who does not even try to understand those nuances, who just thinks like, well, every business publication, business peg should fit into business hole. Like that, that, it doesn't work that way. Okay, number three, the best publicists do not pitch me very often. This really builds off of focus on relationships, not transactions, my point number one. But I will tell you, the greatest publicists, the ones who I think are the best at their jobs, the one who I, who's, ones who I've gotten to know the most, they do not pitch me very often. Like maybe once a quarter, maybe once every six months, maybe once every year. It's not often. Why? Because they are being mindful that every time that they pitch me, I am learning a little bit about whether they understand me or not and and what their sensibility is. And so they want to, they want to make sure that they get hits, right? They want to make sure that they're shooting bullseyes here. And so they are only going to reach out when something really matters. And as a result of that, I am going to pay attention more when I hear from them because I'm going to think they have trained me. They have trained me. Every time that you reach out to somebody, you are training them in some way. How are you training them, right? If you reach out only when you have quality things, this could be for anything, not just not just publicity, anything, right? Anytime that you reach out to somebody, you are either training them to think, this is a person who reaches out to me about any old thing, or this is a person who only reaches out to me when they've got gold. And I like to be trained for you reach out to me when you've got gold. So when somebody reaches out to me, and I haven't heard from them in six months, and I know that the last time I did, it led to a story, I pause. I listen to them more. I just do. And so I think the best publicists are the ones that really hold fire. And as a result of that, those are also the best publicists who I think are managing their... their those are the people who are managing their clients really well. Right? Th- those are the people who... who I'm sure those there are like lots of other clients who said, pitch entrepreneur. And that publicist is saying, client, I understand that, but I'm going to tell you something this isn't right for entrepreneur for X, Y, Z reason. And you have to trust me. And they're not going to pitch me just because. They're not going to pitch me and then say, yeah, well, I didn't think it was right for you, but I had to try anyway. And they're not going to do that because they are focused on client management and on relationships. And they understand that every time they reach out, it matters. Okay. And then finally, 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 as you can hear, I'm, 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 I'm trying to beat the clock here. Possibly you heard a screaming child in the background. Whew, we got to get this done, guys. We're going to get this done. Number one, number four, number four. <laughs> this is crazy. This is like the craziest uh, thing. Um, I'm, 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 I'm recording this uh, on, uh, you're hearing this in January. I'm recording this on December 20th. Um, like, you know, everything is shutting down. Uh, we're about to travel. Uh, my kid is home. It's madness over here. I, I, I hope that wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's like less madness than I'm experiencing. But boy, I had to, I had to record three podcasts today because, uh, you know, we're hitting the holidays and we got to get them in and this is more information than you needed, but you know, okay, fine. Here we go. Number four, uh, you got to send very customized pitches, no info dumps, no asking me to do the work. You know, sometimes publicists will just like send me a bunch of information, either about one client. Here's a client. Here's a ton of information about them. Or sometimes they'll send me like eight clients at once. Hi, I just wanted to let you know about all the people that I'm working with. And here they are. And then there's like a weird smorgasbord of uh, of clients and, and information. And it's basically asking me to do the work. It's like, here's a bunch of stuff. Can you pick through it and do a bunch of work and learn a bunch of stuff and then tell me if any of this is going to be good for you? No, it doesn't work like that. And you know why it doesn't work like that? Here's why. Because I, I don't actually, I should should have said this at the very top of the show, but I guess I'm going to say it at the very bottom. I don't actually need these pitches. 
I, I don't I don't need them, right? Like my job is not to actually sit around and field pitches. My job is to be talking to people all the time and to be working with writers and editors who are talking with people all the time. And we find our own stories. The majority of, of Entrepreneur Magazine is actually like stuff that we found. And, and, and so when somebody's pitching me, what they are doing is that they're actually trying to kind of get in above stuff that an, a writer has found themselves which is, you know, the job of a writer is to go find things. And so, you know, that means that you've got to be more interesting than our own sensibility and our own findings. And that means, uh, you know, that means that you've got to be compelling. You've got to be customized. You've got to understand the kinds of stories that we publish and the the way that we treat our readers and the things that are interesting to our readers and the the way that we want to serve our readers through the content that we tell and if and if you understand that well then you can tell me about your client in a way in which I will immediately understand oh I see how this is valuable I can imagine this in the magazine and then at that point once I can imagine it in the magazine it's very hard to say no but if you're just asking me to do a bunch of work on some stuff that you plop down on my desk well I've already done work I've done it. I've done the work, but I, I, I did it over somewhere else. I, I did it on some other things that I found that I've conversations that I've had that have been very interesting. And so um, I'm going to be focused over there. I'm not going to be focused on this, this pitch because my job isn't to read pitches. Pitches are, are kind of supplemental to my job. They're things that are competing for the other things that I'm doing with my time and my job. So that is why I, I really, I guess I should have said this at the beginning. That is why, you know, these pitches, they got to be on the mark because if they're not, I'll just do something else. So there it is. Four things that I love, four things that I hate about how publicists approach me. And uh, and in closing, I should note, I think there are lots of very, very good publicists, people who are very, very good at their jobs, but there are lots of people who are very bad. And if you are going to hire a publicist, then I think that it is incumbent upon you to figure out which is which. And I hope that this, this um, rant really has helped you do that. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.